0: Welcome to Kaya, the college and young adult ministry of Midtown Baptist Temple, a ministry seeking to pursue a deeper faith in Jesus Christ through God's word, fellowship, and prayer. Senior. Hi. Uh, like you said, my name is Cage. Um, I'm a member here at MBT. I've been here three years now. Um, right when we started coming, we were at the uh, Catholic Church over there, and then Kaya migrated to the big building, and then to the theater, and now we're here, and it's, it's awesome, and it's crazy to be, um, be in front of you guys. Um, I'm not the main person, so if you're new... Um, the, the guy who's just announced me, Pastor Brandon, he is our, our preacher. I guess he can't come the next time, but next time we have Kaya, please stop in and see um, see Brandon preach. Uh, there is no better pastor, shepherd, father, um, speaker that, that we have in this, in this building right here. So um, thankful for him. Bear with me. Um, I am a member, and I yeah, said all that stuff. I started with Miles' Bible study, and now with Romeo's Bible study. Shout out Romeo's Bible study. Um, we don't do that. Um, discipled by Seth uh, and Lon, discipling Zach Davies, and then I currently serve on the worship team and Kid Town, and I'm an LFBI student. Not the best one, but I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> Um, But yeah, and so uh, finally to the new members team, that's where we get to introduce what our church is about and to teach people what we do, how we do it, um, why we do it, and to get you guys plugged in. So with that plug, um, come to the next new members class. That's November 19th. Also, if you are coming here and you're wanting to get plugged in, um, be a part of our body and grow the right way, okay? You can take some time to be plugged into ministry, take some time join discipleship. We got the disciples announced last service. It was awesome. And be a part of things. So, intro for this sermon. Um, uh, I've been a Christian my whole life. Um, I was raised in an amazing, God-fearing family. They're right here. They're the best. Um, yeah, give it up for my parents. Woo! Woo! Um, I mean, I, I learned about the Lord since a super young age and grew up in the church. Um, we went to a Protestant private Christian school with a Bible class. And I was like learning about the tabernacle in third grade. For te- It was crazy. It was really cool. Um, and uh, I was also unbeatable in the Bible game on the OGX box. Let's see that slide. If you know the Bible game, you know, Yeah. Yeah. Jason, that's his, he did like this thing to introduce. Um, and so, uh, while all these things are awesome, yeah, I still have this disc, so catch his hands if you um, yeah, have an OG Xbox. Uh, it caused me to grow up thinking, um, all these things are great, but I grew up thinking I knew more than I did. And I don't know if you guys felt this too, if you grew up in the church, but a lot of your knowledge comes from, you know, what people told you, um, I mean, the classes that I went to, Bible game trivia questions, um, and as I grew up, you know, I, I knew how to say, like, well, the Bible says blank, or, you know, I, I know that Peter likes to say, but I didn't actually know where it said it. I didn't know if it said it. Um, there were so many times where I'd come across a passage, and it would, sh- like, I, would, I wouldn't know what's going on, but I'm like, oh, you know what, I'll figure it out later, or I'll, I'll read the right book, and that'll help answer the question. Um, this leads me to high school. Um, God bless me again with an insanely great friend group, friend group. Um, I mean, okay. Lisa Cheadle, JJ Harper. That's already a crazy pair, like in this friend group. And then four other people who are actively a part of their churches or ministry. Like it was crazy. It was stupid. Um, super huge blessing. And, uh, you know, there was, there was another guy in there, and he knew everything. Like, I was so impressed by his knowledge, not just of the Bible, not just on, like, really obscure passages, like, did Adam and Eve eat meat? I don't know. Um, but he also knew, you know, all, all the extra readings, all the seminary uh, theses and stuff, um, he started a Reformation Day at our school where he'd served soft pretzels and root beer. And we would celebrate the Protestant Reformation in our choir room. Um, it was incredible. And I, it still was a thing for a while. Um, but the, the sad part of that story, um, one day he, like I just heard, um, yeah, he's, he's atheist now. And it was, it was shocking, like, what, what happened? Um, this guy knew more than any of us. And so I asked him um, what happened, and he said the shift, and it's kind of been bubbling for a while, but a, a big question he had that he just couldn't solve, and it's going to get into our topic today, you can get off the Bible game, it's <laughs> a lot of somber, um, did God create Judas for the sole purpose of betraying Jesus? It's a big question, it's a really terrifying question. Um, You know, Mark 14, 21, the son of man indeed, so this is before Judas betrays, um, he's talking to his disciples, uh, the son of man indeed goeth as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed, good were it for that man if he had not been born. And so, you know, he asked this question and I knew, like, you know, God, God does create everyone, um, but does he create people for the purpose of woe? and, and so, you know, my my background, I, I knew, and I grew up th- knowing that, like, if there's a question, I need to trust God, and I'm going to trust that that answer is going to come, um, but I don't know the answer yet. But it'll it'll come eventually. It'll come eventually, and that that kind of thing works for me personally. But it didn't work for him, and I just found myself in this spot where I had no answer. Um, and it's, it's it's been with me a very long time, very long time. And so, eventually, make it to MBT. And I was like, I was blown away by how much people knew, um, by how fervent the gospel was. There were so many parts of the service that, like, I didn't really jive with, but I knew that people loved each other, and I knew that they knew what they were talking about when they preached from the Bible. And so I was like, okay, my answer is going to come, and so I'm going to wait for it. I was a part of Miles' Bible study at the time. Um, God bless that study, Miles. Where are you at? Um, he really helped. Ev- oh, there he is with the baby. Um, I remember there were so many times where like, I, I felt like I knew the answer. And so I'd speak up and I'd see Miles just like, look, give his Miles stare, just like. <laughs> coffee in hand. Um, well, what if it was this? And then <laughs> it ended up being that. Um <laughs> And, you know, we we built this stuff, and, you know, it was awesome. I, I learned to grow um, through the stuff here, through discipleship, through studying out the Word, through Bible study. I still didn't really dig into this question. And then we got into the book of Mark, I'm like, okay, we're, pre- we're learning about a gospel. I'm going to learn about this once we get there. This is Mark 14. Um, so in Bible studies, we've been, we studied out Mark for the last year plus, I don't know, time is non-existent. Um, and I'm like, okay, 14's coming up, we're going to finally get to this question, Romeo's going to blow my mind, it's going to solve all the answers that I've had in my head. Um, we get there and then we do the classic, like, spend 55 minutes on the first three verses and then kind of <laughs> power through the back end. If you know, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, the trunk was the back end and we gave a little, a little answer, but it was one of those things where like, he left and I found myself, um, like, okay. There's, like, you know, there's more. There's always meat on the bone. That's another Miles-ism. And it became apparent that, all right, if I am going to figure out this answer, I've got to actually study the word. Ah, Crazy. (laughs) So um, I did that. Um, I knew that I was uh, preaching on this date. And so I dove in and found some really interesting stuff. Um, Now I'm not going to solve every question that this really difficult thing um, brings up, but I'm going to bring up some major points that the Bible talks to us and then also um, talk about uh, some stuff that we can get out of it. So today um, we're going to look over why we need to pay attention to God's warnings. That's the next slide. And then um, the, the difference between Satan's temptation of Judas versus his temptation of Peter. So, uh, with that, we'll show that um, doing ministry our way results in death, and then abiding in Christ protects us from temptation and empowers us for ministry. Y'all, if this gets really confusing, just know these are the main points. So, um, you can look back on those. And this is what hopefully get out of today. Um, let me pray and get started. All right, dear God, I just want to thank you so much for, yeah, just for giving me your word, um, giving us your word that. Um, it's not uh, us that has to figure this out, but you've already given us the answers. And so God, I just pray that today I'll get out of the way. Um, you'll u- use my stumbling lips um, to, uh, to to preach um, your message, to preach your truth, and then Lord, to preach your gospel. I just pray for those that are lost, for those that are questioning, um, what, what do I do with my life? Um, where is it that I go when I die? Lord, that we'll have an answer and um, Lord, I get to bring them to you. And in name I pray, amen. So the story, Judas, um, you know, we don't get a ton on Judas's life, but we do know that he was one of the disciples. So when Judas started his ministry, or when Jesus started his ministry, he recruited 12 dudes that dropped everything and followed after him. Um, some of them, we know their jobs. Judas, we, we don't. Um, Jesus was heavily invested in the disciples, and they followed and watched everything he did and taught, Judas was also a part of that, okay? Judas wasn't this scheming. That's the next slide as well. Um, he wasn't, you know, scheming in the corner while this stuff was going on. No, he was an active part of this ministry. And after some time, Jesus allowed the disciples to go in groups of two and evangelize. And Judas was a part of that, right? Like, he wasn't some side character that hung around until it was time to betray Christ. No, he was in the thick of it. He was in the thick of it. ain't did the thick of it. <laughs> um, the other part of it is Judas wasn't the only one who, uh, who, who struggled. Um, every disciple was just a normal guy. So none of these disciples were from a religious background. None of them were priests, rabbis, nothing. They were all normal guys. Um, every disciple questioned or scoffed at Jesus' teachings and methods at one point. Um, no one was innocent in that regard. And then every disciple eventually rejected Jesus after the betrayal, right? Um, a lot of them fleed and denied and scattered after his death. And so Judas was a sinner in a group of sinners. Um, after this, Judas goes to the high priests where he, um, you know, he sells Jesus out for 30 shekels of silver. And then he goes and be- he betrays Jesus with a kiss and then immediately consumed with guilt and he hangs himself in the potter's field. Now, with this story, um, an interesting aspect is that we know when you read the Bible, it had to be someone, okay? it's, it's really crazy. It had to be someone. Um, Jesus' betrayal was prophesied about 600 years earlier in Zechariah, Zechariah 11:12. And I said unto them, if you think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, cast it unto the potter, a goodly price that I was priced at of them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. Okay, so all this stuff, six hundred years before Jesus was on Earth. I mean, crazy, 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 crazy. This next slide, um, just a little extra, little bonus, Jonas. Um, that little QR, and it's in the notes after this. But it's like three hundred fifty prophecies just about Judah, just, just about Jesus from the Old Testament. So you just scroll down the list, and it's just really easy. Um, it's an awesome list. So there's a ton of prophecies um, and. St- 350 of them at least came true. Some people estimate to up to 600. Crazy stuff. All like legitimate scrolls that we know and we can date back to those times predicting Jesus's life, death, resurrection, etc. cetera. Um, now we can make the point that, you know, a well-studied Jew would have been aware of these prophecies. And so if Judas was, uh, you know, if he studied his scripture, he would know that, okay, someone's going to betray and it's not going to be me. I'm going to decide it's not. Um. But, you know, he didn't have the completed word of God then. And we know he was just a normal guy. However, Judas didn't, he doesn't have the excuse from that. Because Jesus himself directly told the disciples, one of you guys is going to betray me. So Mark 14, 18. And as they sat and did eat, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, one of you which eateth with me shall betray me. Um, and so we can sit on our uh, not the most comfortable chairs and be like, well, if I was a disciple, I wouldn't have done that. I would have just listened to what Jesus said. (laughs) Um, You know, Matthew 26 is the other example of that. So he, um, woe unto the man from whom the son of man is betrayed. So Jesus not only said, hey, someone's going to betray me. He said, woe unto you. Like, do you want to evade woe? hey guys, woe unto you if you park in my space out there. Okay, and you wouldn't, no, I'm, um, you know, we want to avoid woe. And we assume that the disciples did too. And so this leads us to our key point. We need to heed God's warnings. Okay, and the cross reference to that is 1 Corinthians ten twelve. We were just there. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Judas thought he stood on solid ground, right? You're next to Jesus this whole time. There are so many times in the Bible where a big group of disciples would be with Jesus and then he would have them do something that was a little too difficult, a little too out of the ordinary, and they would disperse and it would just be the 12 left with him. Um, You know, he he thought he stood on solid ground and we see at the end, he ended up falling. Um, I like to think about this idea of warning Under sin with Cain. So Cain and Abel. um, First off, look at this picture. It's amazing. He's like, how can he be that angry holding root vegetables? It's amazing. Um, I hope this helps you remember. It it was great. Struggled. So we we most of us know this story. Um, Cain and Abel are brothers. They're the sons of Adam and Eve. They go up to God presenting their sacrifices. Abel gives his, the best of his flock. He sacrifices them. God loves it. Cain gives him his veggies. Um, God says, thanks, but I know you can do better. And at this moment, verse five, but unto Cain unto his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. Notice his emotional attitude changed. And the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou wroth? And why is thou countenance fallen? He doesn't condemn him for these emotions. He asks them, why he's having them. And then his warning here, verse seven, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door and unto thee shall be his desire and thou shalt rule over him. Okay, and so at this moment, Cain had a feeling. He was mad. He was upset that God didn't accept him. God comes and he gives him a warning. He doesn't condemn these emotions. He says, hey, I know you're upset. Um... Don't you think if you were doing the right thing, you would be accepted by me? And if you don't do that, if you allow these, these emotions to fester, if you allow it to turn into an attitude, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So Cain doesn't heed the warning. Um, sin has a rule over him, and he kills his brother. Um, a little extra in that, protect your thought life. So thoughts turn to Attitudes attitudes turn to actions. Um, Judas heard the warning and still allowed sin to lie at the door and take control of his action, betraying Jesus. And so what we can take out of that, um, for the saved, we have been warned about the work that we are to do once we are saved. And this is called the great throne judgment. It's a very long topic. Um, You'll get to it at the end of discipleship if you haven't gotten there. But um, the short version of it is if you are a saved person, your task on earth is not ended. No, God is going to take an account of every single thing you do. And you have to be, um, you're like, he's, he's going to judge it. And it's, it's up to you to use this life well. Uh, Romans 14, 10 through 12. Um, but why dost thou judge thy brother? Why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Verse 12. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Guys, do you believe this warning? Christians, do we believe this warning or are we just going to hear it and go off and do our own thing? For the lost world, for those that don't know Christ as Savior, there's a warning as well. So our rebellion causes us to separate from the perfectly holy God. So Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Guys, God is infinitely perfect and if there is any ounce of imperfection, In his sight, we have to be eternally separated from that. Um, And we know that to be hell. We know that to be death. But, 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 the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So there is not an eternal gap. No, he has made a way through Christ for us. That if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we will be saved. And so some of us hear this warning um, we, you know, we've been coming to Mid, come into Midtown for a while or, you know, our friends been pouring into us and we hear the warning and we listen to it, um, but we don't heed it. And so my prayer for you is that you choose life through Jesus Christ. Um, we're going to have an opportunity for that at the end, but just keep that in mind. Like, are you going to heed this warning that God's given us? And the last verse in this part, um, First Thessalonians five nineteen through 20, quench not the spirit, despise not prophesyings. So we're going to look at a few of the pitfalls of Judas. Um, number one, God does not force us to do things, okay? So he does not force us to do, any, do anything. A key concept throughout all of scripture is this idea of free will choice, okay? I don't know if you guys realize this. Um, you know, God is infinitely powerful. And in the beginning, when he was creating us, he said, I'm going to give you the power to deny me the infinitely powerful. Isn't that crazy? Like, we get the the superpower to do that to tell him no. Um, now, the reason why it does this is because there's no greater love than to be able to say no and to still choose him okay it's, it's the dog at the birthday party that chooses to hang out with you, right um, I mean like literal dog that like hangs out at you the whole time. Um, no better feeling, and so that's uh, <laughs> um, But yeah, so I mean we, we have this idea and that it, uh, you know, it carries itself throughout scripture. Um, Adam and Eve had their choice. They could, uh, you know, their one task was to go and name stuff and reproduce. Greatest life ever. And then, um, you know, as long as you don't eat this fruit. And they chose to eat the fruit. And that carries itself along. Um, the Israelites had the choice to obey the law or to disobey the law. And then for us, the church, we have the choice to believe on Christ or to reject him for our own agenda. Um, brief side note, we don't believe in predestination at MBT. It's a big topic. I will not go theology roundtable on you. Um, for God so love, uh, this, uh, this is another Milesism. got a lot of these in, in there. Thanks, Miles. You're the best. Um, he just briefly said to me, I asked him about it two years ago and he's like, for God so love the world, right? God didn't love, so love some of the world. Um, you know, we are to preach to all nations, not to guess who God already chose or not. And it's a big topic, and I know there's no simple answer for it. Um, but we have to believe that if God's keeping us on this earth, we're, we're here for a purpose. And that purpose is to deliver the loss of the gospel. Um, so it, uh, it, this, also, this idea of free will choice also applies to the enemy. Um, you know, if, if God is infinitely powerful, and Satan is more powerful than us, but he's, a, he's way further down, um, Satan can't influence. Yeah, I forgot about the slide. I'm still glad I put it in there. Okay, um, free will. If you forget anything today, free, free will. How far would you go for a friend? Well, um, was this movie any good? I don't remember. I remember watching one of was six. Is it good? Okay, okay. Um, so Satan, um, Satan also cannot alter our free will choice. Okay, Satan, um, in all his power he can 't come to someone and force them to deny christ okay that 's our choice that is our free will, um, but what he can do is he can influence our choice okay so his number one priority is to confuse us, um, to give us alternatives that 's why there 's so many different religious ideologies that 's why there 's so many different interpretations of scripture that 's why there 's so much chaos in this world is because satan 's here to to confuse us, um, to give us a, a false narrative and to pull us away from this choice of Christ. Second um, Corinthians eleven three. but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through a subtlety. So your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity, the simplicity that is in Christ. Um, and I bring up Satan because we know that he was the one that infiltrated. So John 13, 27, and after the sop, and Satan entered into him, then said Jesus unto him that thou doest, do quickly, okay? And so we're going to get a little more details on what happened, but Satan enters into, into Judas at this point, and that's what kickstarts the betrayal and Jesus' death. Um, there are three times where Satan directly attacks Jesus and the disciples in, in the Gospels. So the first is um, the first is at the beginning of Jesus' ministry in the wilderness, right? And a lot of us know this story, talk, talked about it a little bit last week, but... Um, Jesus is fasting, and then after the end of the fast, Satan comes to him directly and offers him bread. He offers him, um, you know, like, why don't you, he offers to test him, test his strength, and then he also offers him the kingdom of the world, okay? Satan says, you can have all of it right now if you want, just give me the word, and Jesus uses scripture. He uses the word of God to stand to Satan. It's an incredible picture. I don't have time for it today, but um, we've talked about a lot in the past, and same thing uh, last week. The second source that Satan attacks is Peter. Okay, and we, we could see maybe this is because um, Jesus was really invested in Peter. Peter was also one of the most faithful. He made a lot of mistakes, and we're going to talk about that later. But he was also the one that was most willing to, he was the go-getter. Um, and, you know, Satan doesn't know why. Jesus was so invested in We know now it's because he was the originator of the church to the Gentiles, okay? He was the first person to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. And so that's why there's so much revolving around Peter. Um, and then Judas, okay? And Judas was when he finally succeeded. So let's look at Judas. Um, what did Judas do versus what did Peter do? So Judas was in a place of responsibility and ministry. Do you guys know this? It's kind of a, like, Slept on fact, Um, he was the keeper of the bag. Okay, he had that bag, Um, cash money. money. He got the Gucci on him, um, though. You can kind of see it in this picture, but like he's wearing, he's holding this Prada purse while, because yeah, there, yeah, yeah, the little bag. Um, So obviously, like there was an entrusting portion of that. And it's interesting that it didn't go to Matthew, the tax collector, and I don't know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the reference for that, John 12, 6. Um, actually, I'm going to read this whole part. So let's look at um, the things that happened that got Judas into this place where Satan could have control. So then saith one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then Jesus let her alone. Then Jesus said, let her alone against the day of my bearing hath she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. Um, So the story, it's right before Jesus is about to to die. Um, Mary comes along with a bottle of really expensive ointment and she breaks it over Jesus' head okay it'd be i mean there's a lot of crazy things that happen in in scripture and we're like oh it's just how they were back then even this was crazy by their standards and so the disciples are wondering what's going on and judas asks well why don't we could have sold this ointment for for money we could have helped the poor with it and we could have furthered this ministry that we have started with this money but instead you waste it pouring it out on jesus and that was his heart attitude. Um, Judas used the excuse of the poor to cover up um, what he was feeling in his own heart. Um, this is, it's a really clear portion of this. He cared not for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Um, 1 Timothy 6.10, For the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Um, Jesus performs a work that doesn't make sense in the world system, and Judas disagrees because it doesn't fit his ministry agenda. Jesus is is praising this this woman for for giving him glory, okay? He says that she will be a testimony for as long as the Bible exists, right? Um, And Judas couldn't understand that. He had his own agenda, his own mission in his mind. And so when somebody has their own worldly agenda in their mind, where do they run when things don't go their way? They run to the world. And Judas chose to do that um, when he ran to the chief priests. So Matthew 26, 14, Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will you give me? And I will deliver them unto you. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that, he sought opportunity to betray him. Okay, so Satan enters in and freely um, gets to do his work through Judas. Okay, this is the thing. This is the thing that allowed Satan to break through and um, and use Judas for his, for his work, his will. Bruce Sidebar, let's talk about the nature of Satan. We don't actually get a ton You'd think there'd be more. Um, we like to think of the biblical narrative from a world narrative where it's like, it's God versus Satan the whole time. Um, and really it's, it's not so much. I mean, Satan's there and he is an enemy and we need to be aware of him. Um, it's God versus our own rebellion, versus our own free will choice to accept or deny him. But when we do see Satan, we need to take it into account. So Job is the story of like, we get to directly see horns and wings and all talk to Jesus. He, he doesn't act Um, Don't, I was just kidding on that. Um, But he talks to to the Lord directly. And so Job 1, verse 7 through 10. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro from the earth and from walking up and down in it. So Satan goes up to God. And this is another goofy picture. Um, And he says... uh, What's up, Lord? And the Lord says, hey, what's going on? And he says, oh, I'm just prowling. Just doing a little prowling. Um, the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Um, so it's, I mean, this is a story that's an, another time. Look up. Pastor Brandon preached on Job of like... It was in the thick of COVID. That's like two years ago. It felt like yesterday. It was incredible sermon. So please look that up. I can help you find it. Um, a lot more insight on what went on during this time. But an important aspect that I want to get into is Job one ten. Um, hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. Okay, this is the first instance of the word hedge. Um, when we think of hedge, like we think of a, it's a protective barrier. Um, I think is it the next slide? Yeah. Um, over the hedge. Yeah, I had to, and not just the movie. The the game. It's a great game. Best two player experience ever. Um, so he talks about his hedge. Okay. Um, we know that right after this interaction between God and Satan, God lifts the hedge and Satan goes in. God says, you can touch everything, but you cannot take his life. And so Satan immediately takes his family, takes his wife, takes his land, takes even his own health. Okay, just boom, boom, boom directly. So Satan, um, what this shows us is that Satan, if God wasn't here protecting us, he would destroy us, okay? In an instant, he would ravage us. But there's this idea of a hedge about us. And I was like, you know, hedge is a weird word because we think about it in the terms of suburbia, um, but I wanna see what the Bible says about it. So if you're ever questioning what a word means, go into your Bible app and just type the word in, okay? And you'll get a lot of insight. A really interesting insight about hedge, I found this random verse, Ecclesiastes 10.8. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaketh and hedge a serpent shall bite him. Um, So we know the serpent is another word for the devil, right? We know that's a characterization of the devil. And so we breaketh that hedge. It opens up the serpent to bite us. It was interesting. um, I'm not going to dig into this too much. We're getting ancient aliens-y. But the first part of this message, he that diggeth the pit shall fall into it. Next slide. The first reference of pit, um, and if a man shall open a pit, or if a man shall dig a pit and not cover it, and an ox or ass shall fall therein, the owner of the pit shall make it good and give money unto the owner of them, and the dead beast shall be his. Now, if you look at the verse before it, excellent. If the ox shall push a manservant or maidservant, he shall give unto their master 30 shekels of silver, and and the ox shall be stoned. Crazy stuff. I'm not going We're not gonna dig too deep. But the first reference of thirty shekels of silver is also first reference of um, pits, which if you go back to Ecclesiastes is in the same reference of lifting this hedge and Satan biting us. There's a whole another. You could dig into that. There's meat left on that bone. Um, but you know God doesn't write things accidentally. Um, and so Satan comes in. We're gonna get. We're jumping all the way back to Judas. Satan comes in, and he takes control of Judas at that point. Judas sells his soul for for the world. He sells his soul for what his agenda is in ministry. And then it results in death. Okay, Judas is one of the seven suicides in the Bible. You can dig into that on your own time. Really interesting study. But he is consumed with guilt, and he goes to the potter's field as prophesied. And he hangs himself, or he hangs himself, and then he's buried in the potter's field, as was prophesied. So, this is um, our second key point. When we do things, this is about Judas, when we do things our way, it results in death. Okay, so dead ministry, fruitlessness, wasted time. Judas had the choice to trust Christ, Um, he had the choice to heed the warning. And to trust that, you know what, what God is doing with this ointment, um, you know, he had the choice to not go to the priest, to not accept the money, to not create the plan of betray, not rally the troops, not find him in the garden, not kiss him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But instead, um, he wanted things to go his way, and Satan was allowed free course to move in his life and to... Um, to do the evil thing that he wanted to do. Now, of course, like, Jesus dying is what gives us life today. But I think you guys get the picture. Um, It's no coincidence that Judas was the keeper of the money, um, and he was the one that got swayed towards Satan's cause. We can compare this to the Laodicean church. What are they characterized by most? Money. They're rich, okay? The last church of the church age is rich, and through that that wealth, um, Satan is able to have his course, and for us to be lukewarm and to be ineffective and dead in ministry, for us to not be fruitful, um, to not do anything real for the kingdom of God, and to waste our time. Um, I'm thankful for for church leadership that's that's not that. Um, man, what a cool opportunity the next few weeks to to praise God for a church body that cares about the mission, right? Like, we're not about trying to make more. And, you know, there is a logistic aspect to this. And there is a, you know, worldly aspect of um, raising money to let the ministry go. But that's not our main priority. Our main priority is giving people the gospel. So, thanks, leaders. You guys are awesome. Um, Now, let's compare this. So, Judas had his choice. Let's compare this to another person that Satan attacked. And that's Peter. So, Peter had a very similar sin. I don't know if you guys realize this. So Mark 8, 31 through 33. And he began to teach them. Sorry, this is before Judas. Okay, so this is in between the wilderness temptation um, before Judas. This is in the midst of Christ's ministry. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him, rebuke Christ. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Ding, ding, ding. Same thing as Judas, right? Um, He did not savor the things that be of God. Peter in his mind was like, Man, how are we going to lose somebody that's healing this many people and preaching this good stuff? And I just really believe in this cause. I don't want you to go, Christ. And at that moment, Jesus sees... Satan is, we don't know if he enters Peter, if he's there in his midst, um, but what we do know is that Jesus calls him out, okay? Um, The same mentality of a worldly um, agenda for ministry is the same thing that allows Satan into Peter. So, um, what did Peter do differently, Well, instead of going to the religious system, instead of fleeing from the presence of Jesus, um, the very next big bolded letter heading thing in your Bible, some of our Bibles, the Mount of Transfiguration. So this is the very next chapter, Mark 9, verse 2. And after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John. And leadeth them up into a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before him. So instead of running to the world, Peter instead clinged to Jesus' side. Okay? Instead of seeing out ministry, instead of giving the money that he had, instead of giving the, you know, whatever treasures that were in that bag to, um, to, the, to the chief priests and the world's version of religion... He stays by Jesus' side and he watches him be glorified on the mountain. So key point number three, abiding in Christ protects us from temptation and empowers us to obedience. So John fifteen five: I'm the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Peter's choice to abide in Christ not only helped him flee temptation, but it prepared him to be the first to bring the gospel to the to the Gentile nations, and to start the church. Okay, and Peter's life is incredible. Um, digging through it, I mean, we see him mess up a lot. I think more than most other people in the Bible, he messes up a ton. But his response tends to be the same. Okay, so we see that on the water in Matthew 14. Um, he walks on the water towards Jesus and he's super like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. And he looks around and he gets scared. Who's the first person he calls out to? Christ. He reaches his hand and calls for Christ. We also see this after his denial. Okay, so Luke twenty-two sixty-one. 61. In the same time, the cock crew and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him. Before the, the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. So even at his lowest point, Peter was still thinking about Christ. Um, there's a reason why Peter opens his first epistle with a lesson on rejoicing through manifold temptations. Okay, 1 Peter 1, 6 through 9. He knows that his ministry is built on the temptations and the trials that he got through. And he knows that the only way through it is Christ. And so we're going to connect that to, to Brandon's sermon last week, 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted, above that ye are able. But with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. So Paul's reiterating this idea that despite us being in a fallen, rebellious world, God gave us a way to escape through abiding in Christ and obeying his word. So, if I was to fully respond to my friend, um, it would take longer than 45 minutes. Okay, there's a lot of, there's a lot of meat on this bone. Um, you know, there's a lot of ideas on, well, you know, omniscience and um, lots of different aspects to this question. But I think the main idea that we can take from it is that God gives everyone a choice. And when we obey God, God's outcome, when we obey his warning, um, when we obey the words that he has for us, he's going to use us for good. When we disobey, the opposite is going to happen. Okay, Death, um, a dead ministry, fruitlessness. Who are we going to be? When faced with temptation, um, will we respond like Judas or Peter? So to the believer, um, Will we follow the same lie as Judas? And I know it's an easy thing to be like, no, I'd, I'd never be Judas. But how many times do we go through our head like, okay, I just wish our church was a little, I just don't like where the money went to here. Um, I don't really like what they're doing. Um, I just, I don't really agree with what my Bible study is doing. I feel like it can go a different way. How many times do we fall for a, a social societal, political, a prosperity gospel? Um, I mean, we're, we're tempted with the same things that, that Judas was. Or will we obey Jesus' command for our lives? Will we obey what he has for us? Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So believer, are we going to do this mission? Are we going to put aside our own agenda? um, Put aside what we think we should do with the bag? Put aside what we think we should do with Jesus's ministry and life? Are we going to go and give the gospel to the nations, to bring them the spirit, to teach them other things, to disciple them and to repeat it? Are we willing to do that or are we going to fall back into to, to what we want from this world, to what we think the mission is about? And then to the unbeliever, will you see that God's way is the only way to salvation? Will you believe the words he put in his book and call upon Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life? And that through him, you can't just survive trials and temptations, but you can reap the rewards that that he has for obedience in the end. And so I'm going to give you guys, um, I'm going to have people up here, I need a little earlier, that's okay. Um, we're going to have people up here to, to pray over you. Um, if that's you, if you're a believer in that camp, um, or if you're an unbeliever who wants to take God's word seriously and wants to accept Jesus as Savior, um, they're going to be up front helping you out. Let's bow our heads and pray. Uh, Dear God, I just want to thank you so much for your word, that we're not um, we're not left to our own devices. God, we don't have to try to pick apart um, intricacies in your word. No, I I just pray that we don't allow Satan to um, gall us out of the simplicity of the gospel, Lord. That you died for us, and you rose again, and through that power we can have salvation. If we call upon your name, if we believe in our heart that you're Lord. Um, Lord, we can be saved. And so God, is pray for those that, that don't know that yet, um, Lord, that they can believe on it and they can believe in the words that, that you've written us. Lord, I want to pray for the, for the believer, that we can heed your warning about the judgment seat, um, that we can know that, that you've given us a guide for how to live out this life, that you've given us a mission to center, to center all um, our lifely duties on you on going and teaching all nations, um, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And here I pray. Amen. We hope that today's message encouraged you to follow Christ in his word. For more information about Kaya, for service times and information about our disciple-making ministry, please visit our website at caya.lib.com.